Welcome to the AME Radio Show. I'm your host, Jason Dowd, and I have got a great show in store for you guys this week. I guess the best way to start it off is to invite every one of you to go check out our website, www.theamemagazine.com. There you can check out our radio show, our, our magazine, and our television show. And we just released a newest, a newest edition of the television show uh, we, where we go and talk to professional wrestler, the American Giant. He's seven foot three inches tall. Uh, he's going to be a, a guest on our radio show here very soon as well. You'll get to see me even wrestle this guy. Fun, fun time. Then we go check out uh, David Evangelista, who is a master illusionist. He's known all over the world for building props, magic, and so much more. And he's going to talk to us about magic, and he's going to be showing us his shop, Merlin's Magic Shop and Theater. Really cool place to go see. And then I take you on a point of view experience on the Seven Dwarfs Mind Train. You don't want to miss that show. It's out, out there right now at the AME Experience dot, uh, the AME Magazine dot com. Or you can also check us out on YouTube. And if you have anything that you want to talk to us about, we want to hear you. We want to know what your art is all about. I don't care what it is. Go to www.facebook.com forward slash the AME Experience or hit me up on my Twitter, which is at Dowd Studios. That is my personal website. Uh, my personal Twitter, my studio Twitter, and the AME Experiences Twitter. So much going on right over there. So let's talk about some news. Um, I am going to be at the Art Pool Gallery in St. Petersburg for the first time in a year where I bring back my three-dimensional art series. I'm going to have a bunch of amazing pieces for you to see. It's going to have a steampunk feel to it. It's going to be so much fun. I'm going to be telling you stories. It's going to be in your face fun and excitement all night long and then you could stay for the the mad hatter uh masquerade ball where you'll be seeing a lot of people in amazing costumes hats uh corsets you name it there's gonna be a fashion show it's gonna be sick so if you guys are in the tampa bay area or can get here on the 19th i suggest everybody come out and check me out i'll be there at eight o'clock and the party runs from eight to midnight so don't go anywhere unless you're going to come there. that's I want to see everybody there. It's a great way to meet and greet me as well. Also, some other crazy news. I have been seeing some crazy stuff on, online right now. It appears that every there, there's been a rumor going around that Richard Simmons was being held hostage by Savannah Guthrie, his maid, in his own home. So Richard Simmons decides to come out and, tell the, and, and call the Today Show to tell everybody that he is not being held uh, in... Um, He's not being held hostage, and it's all by his own doing. He just wants a little privacy, I guess. For being over thirty years in the in the in the uh, the view of the public, it can get to you, and you just want a little time for yourself. And I don't blame him. Good for you, Richard. And you know what? We shouldn't have to worry about stuff like that. You know, this is his own private stuff, and that's what he wants to do. And I think that he has that right to do it. And also, if you are in the Orlando area, everybody knows I'm a huge Walt Disney fan. Well. It looks like at Epcot International Flower and Garden Festival, there's going to be a lot of great shows coming up. And it starts March 4th, and it goes to May 27th, uh, May 30th, I'm sorry. So we're already kind of into it. What we have coming up is a little river band, uh, which is Mar- March 18th to the 20th. We have March 25th to the 27th, we have the Village People. And April 1st to the 3rd, we have Herman's Hermits with Peter Noon. Uh, we have April 8th through the 10th, we have the Guess Who. Uh, April 15th, we have Blood, Sweat, and Tears. Uh, April 24th, oh, actually, that's featuring Bo Bice. How cool is that? He was the American Idol uh, second place runner-up next to Carrie Underwood. Uh, we have April 22nd through the 24th, Bad Company uh, with 
former lead singer Brian Howe. I know Brian Howe, really cool, uh, really cool guy. Uh, he'll be fun to see. Uh, we have April 29th through the May 1st. We have the Georgia Satellites. On May 6th through the 8th, we have the Gin Blossoms. And May uh, 13th through 15th, we have Darlene Love of the Crystals. We have May 20th through the 22nd, we have Night Ranger. And on May 27th through the 30th, closing out will be the Spinners. That's going to be a great lineup of, of entertainment if you are able to get out there and see it. Um, looks like, I mean, it covers just about everything. New stuff, old stuff, rock, everything. It is there. Oh, really exciting stuff. So, uh, who do we have on for this week? We have uh, Christy Curtis Bus. She is a dancer and a choreographer, and she is the daughter of the former uh, L.A. Lakers owner. Uh, she's going to be talking to us about her career, dancing, choreography, and the intense world that is dance and choreography. And then we're going to be talking to Kim Cameron. She is with uh, Side Effects, and we're going to be hearing some of her songs coming up here in just a little bit. All right, guys, I'm going to go to a quick commercial break. When we come back, we're going to have them on. We're going to have Christy Curtis Bus on the on the line. So don't go anywhere. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. All right, everybody. I have on the line with me a very special guest. She is a former cheerleader with the Los Angeles Rams and Clippers. She is the daughter-in-law to the late Jerry, uh, Lakers owner Jerry Buss. She is a choreographer who's worked with uh, Days of Our Lives and many other outlets. And she's celebrating the 20-year anniversary of her studio, the Studio Art of Dance. Her name is Christy Buss. Welcome to the show. How are you doing today? I'm doing wonderful. Thank you, Jason. Oh, you're welcome. And, uh, you know, I love dance, and it's something I've never been able to do much, but you've had 20 years of experience out there. What got your start? Well, it's been a little bit longer than that. I've owned my own studio for 20 years, but I've been dancing a long time, and it was because my mother, back in the day, had her own studio. She was a, a gift to the society of women coming up and having their own businesses, and she she definitely took it to her her strength of what she knew she could do, and she owned her own studio, and I grew up in there. I, I breathed it, I lived it, and I, 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 I just wanted to do what she did. When you were growing up and you got to see your mother perform, what was one of the top uh, styles of dance that really motivated you to inspire you to do what you wanted to do? Well, my inspiration of dance and any style still came from my mom because I just, for me, I just wanted to be her. I wanted to dance like her. I wanted to move like her. And so she was an amazing tapper. Um, she loved jazz. So I kind of took those things and took it to another level based on what I wanted to get from her. But ballet is definitely something that we still needed to train to do. So Ballet is the core, but everything else, I really dreamed of looking just like my mom, and that's why I feel like the jazz and tap of of the of dance is so, so you know, inspiring to me. And actually, my mom is still, at, at 81 years old, the best tapper I know. And what type of, uh, what what is the difference between the style of uh, jazz dancing and, say, tap dancing or um, maybe some type of more modern dance? Well, every every style is its own. I mean, it's like it's like anything. It's its own entity, but you still need the core from ballet to pull off a tap. Um, tap is more in the in the legs, bending your knees. Jazz is you know stretching those legs in plie, and and modern is working your whole body all all around. So it's everything is so different, but it comes from the basics of ballet. So if you if you can do ballet and then take it to another level with all your other stuff, you're you're on the right track. 
So basically, ballet is is like the Latin to most languages. It is the core of all the different types of uh, dance. Definitely, definitely, yes. So if if I were going to go out and want to learn some type of a dance, I would probably be suggested by uh, to take some type of ballet classes. Well, I mean, you know, hip hop is another entity of 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 what's out there now, and and that's a whole another language and. You don't necessarily need ballet, but it does help you. So if you're just wanting to have a little fun, I think like a hip-hop class would be just fine. But if you're really wanting to train and learn the technical aspects of turnout and and the way you hold yourself, I, I think that definitely ballet is really a sport. I mean, it definitely takes a lot of lot of muscle and training and and core core. It takes everything. It's it's like a sport. We don't recognize dance so much as a sport, but it really is. And how did you get into choreography? That's very uh, interesting to be able to design all these different types of dance moves and styles. Oh, that was so much fun for me. I I definitely got to uh, get to do that based on my mom having her own studio. So I was basically assisting her at like the age of 10. And so I watched every move she made and then slowly but surely I would get my own classes and Within that, you had a choreographer, our annual show that we did. It's, so it started there, but then when I got to the Rams, my background was so on top of it, I feel like that was uh, recognized, and I had the opportunity to start um, choreographing for the Rams and our USO tours all over the world, as well as our promos that we got to do. So I was really, really excited to be able to first start with my mom and take that take those experiences that I had there to bring it to another level, um, as I did with the Rams and, and um, Clippers. But then, gosh, then I got the opportunity to choreograph for daytime television, and that's a whole other aspect because I did study acting, and so I used the acting background to bring out the actor's portrayal of any scene that we need to do that had to deal with dance. So it was another whole new way of looking at choreography. How do you get so many people, like, you see these dance lines where they have, like, 15, 20 people all doing the same dance at the same time. How hard is that to uh, structure that, and how do you train them to work with each other? That's a good question. That's a really good question because it looks so easy that you see 8 to 10 people doing the same exact thing, and that takes so much training and hours in the studio and and defining each move so that everybody moves the same and they know the choreography together and they're working with each other, feeling each other. And um, that takes a lot, a lot of training and it takes a lot of hours in the studio. But it is a discipline that brings out so much more in a dancer that they can take along with them and any other thing that they might do in their life because it is about discipline and, and training yourself to, to be the best you can be in anything. At that point, and as you, if you're the leader of it, how do you how do you go about ment- mentally getting yourself ready to do something like that and train so many different people? Oh, it's just innate. It's innate in what you do as a dancer. You've already done it yourself. If you if you're a choreographer, you've pretty much been through what they're what you're teaching others to do. So it's just a, it's just part of what you know. You know how to take it to that level because you've been in that, that position that you're trying to now teach somebody and choreograph for somebody. You've been there. You're, you're a dancer. So you know how to do it based on that. 
Now, you've done cheerleading for the Los Angeles Rams and the Clippers. You know, cheerleading has come so far. It's not just sitting on the, on the sidelines cheering and, and, and shaking your pom-poms. It's actually become a very structured dance and gymnast type of activity. Uh, is that something you help, help out with, with like local schools or little lo- local groups that want to come in and to your studio and learn something like that? I feel like, you know, definitely the, the sports teams are really, really coming along with how they want to present a, a cheerleader. Um, you know, we do dance on the fields and we do dance on the courts, and it takes a lot of training to, to get to that point. And then, you know, a cheerleader is more than just dancing on the field. They We do a lot of charity events. We do a lot of promos. We do overseas we perform for our military. So, yes, dancing for the sports teams is, is such a great opportunity for any anybody who's interested in those kind of things because it does bring out more than just a dancer in you. It definitely brings out the um, whole aspect of looking out and seeing what the world is all about and helping others and, and, and stuff like that. So dance in, the, in those categories are really, really strong, and it it brings out a lot of good to be able to want to try to do that. Um, going forward into like uh, your studio here, you've been you've been doing it for over twenty years, and it's obviously mm-hmm. it, it's a great it's a great achievement to do anything for twenty years. When you opened up the doors, have you been able to reach what you were what you were hoping to accomplish when you first enrolled your first student? Well, I started out at a gym that they asked me, "Can you just teach a class?" And I'm like, "Well." Um, I, okay, I started one class and that turned into like I had, had 10 students. And then from there I had one company and then taught some classes and then I had two companies and now I have three companies and, you know, four to 500 students per year. And it's just, it's been a, the epitome of what I thought I could do. And it's definitely been rewarding and seeing what the kids do now after they'd graduated and, and went on their own to go to college. So, yes, I feel like I, I, I felt like whatever I wanted to do in the beginning, I've gotten to do and more. And have any of your students gone out to be something like super famous, like they've shown up on like uh, Dancing with the Stars or anything like that or, you know, shown up in movies? Um, a lot of my kids have been in the dance industry. They've been working really hard. I have one right now working on a show in, on Broadway. Um, I have another one that was in Las Vegas at the, she danced for, um, a show there. Um, I've had so many kids, um, like I have a a choreographer right now working with many celebrities such as Megan Trainor, Pharrell, Brittany, um, Selena. So she, she's actually a teacher at my studio right now and her name is Charm LaDonna. So she definitely is somebody, you know, if you know the dance world. Wow. And have has any stars or anything kind of sought you out to help them achieve something for maybe a, a role or anything? Um, say that again. I'm sorry. Has any celebrity ever come to you and asked oh, you for help? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, Ali Sweeney, she was on Days of Our Lives. She wanted me to work with her just in general on just being a dancer. So I worked with her. I toured and worked with Leanne Rhymes. Um, and uh, a lot of other celebrities have come along, and a lot of actually basketball players, 
um, to get them ready to try out for the NBA. I've worked with them for making them stronger and more flexible to get an upper edge on making the NBA. So I've worked with a lot of different people. I work with ice skaters, world champions, national champions, and even um, one from Japan that was with me for about six years. She's now a dance champion in Japan. And looking back over the 20 years, what has been your biggest accomplishment in your studio that you can say, wow, I cannot believe I did that. I am so proud of myself. I just think seeing all the kids that have left me from the age of three to 18 and seeing what they and who they are now just makes me, you know, almost want to get emotional because because of the training and dance, the way that they carry themselves and who they are today makes me the most proudest of owning a dance studio. And looking forward to the next 20 years, what do you have in store for yourself, your studio, and all the kids coming in uh, and all the adults coming in to learn dance? Well, actually, I would like to get myself out there and do other um, other things for myself. And in that sense, I've had my kids who have been with me since the age of three, and now they're in their late 20s. And that's their dream to own a dance studio. So I really want to give them maybe an opportunity to pass the baton to them so that I can pursue other activities and things that I would like to do in my future. So, you know, I have a lot of dreams to to fulfill for myself. And 20 years of my dance studio is the start of it, but it's not the end. Fantastic. And now tell everybody how they can find you, your studio, and uh, any which way that they can to uh, find out what you're doing and, and how to contact you if they need you. Um, my website is www.thestudioartofdance.com. I'm on Twitter at Christy C. Bus. I have a website, The Studio Art of Dance, um, a Facebook, Studio Art of Dance, and um, I have a private Christy Curtis website, um, the Christy Curtis uh, at Weebly.com, Christy Curtis Bus at Weebly.com. Well, thank you so much for coming on and spending some time with us and telling us about your studio, your accomplishments, and I hope you inspired somebody else to take up the, the art of dance and maybe pursue their own dreams. Jason, I hope so. Dance is an amazing activity, and it's an emotional gratification type of art, so I hope that they want to do it. I hope so, too. And again, thank you so much for your time. Thank you, Jason. I appreciate it. All right, guys, we're going to go to commercial break. When we come back, we're going to be hearing more interviews, music, and commentary, so stay tuned. Do you love horror, the strange and unusual fantasy creatures or urban legends? Do you want to step inside a dream or nightmare? If you answered yes to any of these questions, then you should check out internationally exhibiting artist Jason Dowd and his award-winning photographic collections by visiting www.imaginationartstudios.com. Get inside his mind and experience his inner weird. Hi, I'm Erin Krako, and I hope you'll watch our show, When Calls the Heart, on Hallmark Channel. Hey, this is Jen Lilly from Days of Our Lives, and you're listening to AME Radio Show. All right, everybody, I have on the line with me Kim Cameron, and she is a part of Side Effects. Uh, that's S-I-D-E-F-X. Welcome to the show, Kim. How are you doing today? 
I'm doing fantastic. So tell me, what is Side Effects? <laughs> well, um, they are my band, and we're composed of a lot of different musical people, from writers and producers to drummers to percussionists and guitar players and keyboardists, and, uh, you know, they follow me around my musical journey. And what got you into the musical journey? Uh, well, you know, I, I, I've always been in music, I mean, since I can remember, I started playing the clarinet when I was in second grade, and, uh, then I kind of moved on to marching band and was in the orchestra and then started doing musical theater, so I, I couldn't really do the, uh, clarinet and sing at the same time, and, um, you know, then I joined, like, what everybody else does in the world, I join a cover band and play really bad covers until I got to a point where I wanted to do an original project and uh, started that journey in 2008 and I haven't looked back. So what was your first uh, your first individual journey? What, what type of music were you trying to accomplish? What type of sound was it that you wanted, that you felt in your heart? Well, I, I always wanted to do dance music, but um, my he's still my best friend, but my best friend um, at the time who was uh, doing a lot of recording with me is guitar player, and he is a heavy metal freak. <laughs> so you take a dance artist and you put that together with a heavy metal freak, what do you come up with? Well, you come up with more of a... Um, Contemporary rock music, I would say, is uh, was the first couple of songs we ended up writing together because, you know, I wanted to go more dance and he wanted to go a lot more rock. So uh, we ended up in, in between. Well, that's good. How, now, how do you come in between something like that? I mean, that's those are two completely different uh, genres for sure. Oh, for sure, they are. But, you know, they. I think, you know, at the time we complimented each other because both of us were new to songwriting, and so, I mean, neither one of us had, like, a, it must sound this way or that way. We, we both didn't know how it should sound, so it was kind of a nice blending of, of the two genres without us really knowing what we were going to end up with. I mean, it just, um, you know, you, you are influenced by, you know, people that you've listened to for years, and those influences end up coming out in one shape or form when you're, you know, doing music. So you put these two genres together. You put your, your passion for being an individual and starting up your own stuff. You throw it out on the market. What was the response like? Uh, well, I was, you know, I was fairly terrified because, you know, when you are writing your first set of songs and you don't feel like you know what you're doing, which at the time I really didn't know what I was doing, um, I, I, you know, my first, I just wanted people to take the time to listen to it and tell me if it was good or bad because I didn't know. I mean, I, I kind of thought I knew, but I wasn't sure. And so I was kind of on pins and needles. And when I had um, several re- reviews of the album giving it high marks, I, I was like, oh, my gosh. I <laughs> mean, are you kidding me? Am I, is this, are you sure you're listening to mine? And so um, I was I was ecstatic about it, but it was... The album was picked up, I would say half of the album was picked up by American Airlines. They ran it on their in-flight programming. So I was, um, for about, oh, I'd say three or four months, so I was, I was very excited about that. I, you know, I'd never had any kind of, you know, radio exposure or airplay before in my life. So just getting that was just like huge. And I was, you know, I was doing the dance around my apartment, <laughs> for sure. 
Well, I, I know feedback is very important for any artist. doesn't matter what type of genre or, or medium you're in. I notice that when I do my my artwork and I try to get an opinion, especially from family and friends, it's always like, no, that's cool. And it's like, well, well, what does that mean? You know, does that mean, wow, it's cooler. Uh, I'm just trying to make you feel better. Have you ever run into something like that? And do you actually take more of, uh, more weight in somebody, uh, an individual that you never met before, their opinion? Well, uh, not exactly. Exactly. I mean, I would say everybody's opinion, whether I know them or not, is pretty important to me. But um, I have a tendency to know if somebody likes what they hear from my work by watching them because their their face and their body movements don't lie. Um, a lot of people, I found, will give you the, oh, that's really nice, you know, just to be nice. Um and and you can see from their body language that no, they didn't they didn't really dig it. Um, and others will not say anything, but you can see from their body language that they actually really liked it. And you find out later they told people about it. So I that's I the body doesn't lie, and that's probably the way I judge um, people's you know uh, feelings towards if they like my music or not. And let's face it, I mean it's. Piece of art. You're, some you're going to like, and some you're not going to like. And I certainly like some of my songs better than others, so I don't blame people for picking and choosing. I hear that. I mean, I I, I love to give everybody the opportunity to give me feedback because I always grow on that. And it may be something that you know they might attack me all out, you know, just hate it. But I take something out of there and try to make it so it's something that they can enjoy. But I do like. I do like to hear a good, honest answer, and you know, it doesn't matter if it hurts me. It doesn't matter if it makes me feel good. I just want to know really what's in their heart. So that's good that you're able to read them because I don't, I don't do that very good. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, you know, I can't say that I did that very well at first. I, I can do that better now, but it's, it's taken a few albums for that to take place. <laughs> <laughs> so, what type of, uh, what type of work are you doing now? Are you still, are you still kind of like an in between the, um, the dance and the, and the heavy metal, or have you completely like evolved? Well, I've, I've evolved um, quite a bit since then, so I'm just about ready to put out my ninth um, EP, and what I would say is that the first album um, was kind of, a, I would say, a soft rock kind of approach, and the second album had uh, some dance and adult contemporary music into it, so I was like gradually trying to push you know, my producer and myself in that direction. And then by the time I hit the third album, I was a full-on dance album. Um, and then it's it's gone, you know, various ranges from electronica to a um, little bit of techno to, you know, straight-up bands. Um, my last EP that I released last year called No Regrets was much more of a lounge, chill um, type of, of album you know, it was very much in the dance flavor, but it had, you know, this great, you know, if you would turn serious and, and listen to the show, it, it would fit right in, in that pocket. And um, this one, uh, which is planning to release um, the this quarter sometime uh, called Naturally Yours, is the next flavor where I'm trying to take a little bit of that chill atmosphere but blend it with, some of the high energy dance music I did on the on the seventh album, 
And so I'm hoping that that flavor comes comes out because I'm, I'm a, I, I love, you know, my favorite is probably that sort of chill lounge feel, but I still want people to feel like they can get up and dance. So that's, that's kind of my way to marry the two together and keep it very current. Where's the band based out of? Um, I'm out of uh, Miami Beach. I have, but I work with people that are really all over the world now. Some of the remixers that I have on this album um, include DJ Max from Croatia, the Wide Boys from London. Um, I've got another DJ, uh, DJ Russo from the Dominican Republic, and George Wyman from Germany. So, kind of everywhere. Well, I can tell you, just by you saying you came from Miami Beach, I've been to Miami Beach a lot, and I can see where you would have that, that passion for the dance music. I mean, they have some sick dance music down there. Oh, yeah, yeah. They, they, they know how to party, that's for sure. <laughs> they do. It's another city that never sleeps. Exactly. So what do you have coming up in the future here? Where's the band side effects going in this direction? Well, we're preparing for a couple of tours. Um, the next stop is actually Grammy Weekend. We have a couple of performances in L.A. Um, and then we are in um, Brazil the end of February. And then we are in uh, Chicago. And then hopefully we're in Croatia um, once it starts getting warmer and um, a couple other spots in Europe before we hit the festival scene. So uh, we think this is going to be a pretty busy touring season for us, which I love, so um, I'm not unhappy about that at all. <laughs> well, that sounds like you're going to be seeing a lot of amazing things. Uh, what, are the, what are some of the things that you love to do on tour that makes the most um, impact on you? You know, some of my favorite things to do, I, I typically do this before the show and sometimes after the show is I get to um, hang out with some of the radio and TV stations that are local and that, that's where you kind of get all the scoop of where to go and what's going on because they have all the news and they oh no you have to go to this place so to me like the best the best places to hang for a cocktail or go for a nice meal these guys know or it's like uh, I'll try to make sure that I go to at least one salon to get my hair done or something and, and they also are they also have the scoop of where to go they they know everything I'm, I'm convinced of that so you know I, I I really do try to see and meet as many of the locals as I can because I'd rather them tell me what their city is like than me try to figure out what their city is like because I'll have it from a you know very touristy and 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 a visitor standpoint whereas you know they're gonna they're gonna tell me how it really is once I leave yeah I can see that and and, and that's what I would love to do I mean it, you got to make some time for the local hot spots when you go there I mean just some of the things that the the national monuments or some of the the parks or something that makes that place unique that everybody would know you got to go see those exactly my favorite things to do <laughs> so um what other what other things do you have coming up uh, in in uh, in the form of like writing and producing? Do you have any, do you have any more songs that you're working on that that's going to be coming out soon? Uh, well, we I just finished a remix of I don't know how many people are familiar with um, the Tears for Fears uh, Mad World, but we'll have a video that comes out the next day or two, and that one's going to be a kind of a um, 
fun tribute. It's really I want to do something because of the Paris attacks and all the, you know, senseless violence that's going on in our world. And so um, we're trying to tie together some of the images that took place and, and, you know, kind of appropriate. It's still a mad world, but, I, I mean, I'm hoping that we're able to see through it and, and, and move forward. So that comes... Um, out shortly, and then, of course, the rest of the album will be slowly dripping out along with some music videos that we have planned to shoot in the next couple weeks in between uh, touring, so it should be kind of fun. Awesome. Well, we're, I got about three minutes left, and I want to be able to get one of your songs on before we go to commercial break. So tell everybody where they can find you, where they can hear you, tell them about the tour that you have coming up a little bit more in detail, and we'll just uh, we'll start off with that. Um. Website is the best place. I'm a big Twitter person, and all that's said right in there. It's www.sidefx.com. Uh, and Frank, X in X-ray .com. And if they want to follow us on Twitter or Instagram or YouTube or whatever, all of those um, social media sites are linked on top page, and just click on that, and you'll find us. And uh, um, I'm big on responding to anybody who sends me any kind of note. I, I love hearing from everybody. Well, Kim, we are just about out of time. Like I said, I'm going to get your song on here in just a second. So thank you so much for coming on, telling us about thank your music, and I wish you all the best on this tour and the upcoming album. Thank you so much. It was great. You're welcome. All right, guys, we're going to go to a commercial break, but before that, we're going to be listening to one of their songs, and then when we get back from the break, we're going to be hearing more commentary and interviews, so stay tuned. Do you love horror, the strange and unusual fantasy creatures or urban legends? Do you want to step inside a dream or nightmare? If you answered yes to any of these questions, then you should check out internationally exhibiting artist Jason Dowd and his award-winning photographic collections by visiting www.imaginationartstudios.com. Get inside his mind and experience his inner weird. Hi, I'm internationally exhibiting artist Jason Dowd, and I released one of my most profound photographic collections to date, my 3D collection. Since 2009, I've looked for ways to bring my art to life in ways that would amaze my audience. After a rare malfunction at Disney, I realized that 3D was the way to go. Now the series can be seen in galleries all the way across the United States. If you want to see this collection, contact my studio, Imagination Art Studios, by visiting www.imaginationartstudios.com and ask how. While you're there, check out my award-winning Dreams, Nightmares, Fears, and Fantasy collection, as well as my Morbid Sensations collection. Again, that's www.imaginationartstudios.com. Hey, I'm Michael Rosander, and you're listening to the AME Radio Show. Welcome back to the show, everybody. I hope you've enjoyed it thus far. I have had a blast hanging out with you and these guests, and I hope that we've given you something that you find inspiring, that you find cre that you find your creative button inside of you and push it, because the world needs to be a beautiful place to live in, and we can all do that, not only with our works, but with our actions as well. So always remember that. You don't have to have a huge talent to make a huge impact. So... Um, with that in mind, I want to show. You, I want to give you guys a little bit of uh, inspire an inspiring story that happened to me, and what it's going to prove to you is always keep your eyes and ears open because you never know what opportunities are going to be around. 
So I was working for a PR firm, and one of our clients was Chef Robert Hess, who was on Hell's Kitchen. He was on season five and six, and the reason why he was brought back is because in season five, he made it to the top five before he got seriously sick and... Um, Almost died. They thought he was gonna. Ha- they, they thought he was gonna have heart problems. He came back in season six and made it to the top five again. So he had a lot of potential and was probably one of the most interesting characters on there. And uh, he had a he had a restaurant here in the uh, Palm Harbor area, and uh, we were working PR for him. So I went in there to work and and try to get some ideas about what he wants to do and see things firsthand. So I got a, an idea of what of how to promote him. <clears throat> Throughout this thing, we decided to talk about this video called Never Trust a Skinny Chef. Never Trust a Skinny Chef allowed me to videotape Chef Robert Hess cooking some of his signature dishes that he had on Hell's Kitchen, as well as one of his more popular and and productive restaurants. And it was an experience of a lifetime. Uh, After we did a couple of these, he asked me if I would come in and take photos for an event he was putting on for Wounded Veterans, and it was going to put the Wounded Veterans versus Hell's Kitchen. What an experience. I've never been able to forget this. I got to meet Van. I got to meet Danny, who won the the, uh, Hell's Kitchen. I got to meet Amanda, uh, Ariel, uh, Craig, and uh, there's like three other ones that I I knew show up, but they showed up the second day. And um, when I was taking pictures, I got to go in the kitchen, and I was right in front of the action. And these guys are barking out orders back and forth. Uh, the the veterans were doing it, but so were the Hell's Kitchen. But Hell's Kitchen, they had their jackets on. It was it was surreal. It was like actually walking in to the Hell's Kitchen television show and watching it right in front of my eyes. I was dodging to get away from them. I was trying to uh, get the close-ups but get far away. Um it was a, it was an amazing experience. You're sitting there. How much time? How much time? Get, we need to drop this. Cut this. This is you know. It was it was an amazing experience. My wife actually had the opportunity to videotape me. It, I, we weren't supposed to videotape it, but I videotaped it because I wanted proof that I did this. And it's it is shaky because she's trying to get out of my way and trying to stay behind and and everything else and out of the way. But you'll be able to see exactly what I was seeing firsthand. If I can find that video, I will post it on my website, imaginationartstudios.com. But if you want to read my experience and see the pictures, some of the pictures I took that night, uh, you can go to that same website, imaginationartstudios.com, and go to Jason's Journal, and you'll see it. In addition to being able to see Hell's Kitchen firsthand in front of my face, I also got to meet Angelo Dundee. Angelo Dundee was the the uh, manager and trainer of Muhammad Ali, and I got to sit with him that night and talk about the, his amazing career, some of his experiences in the ring. I got to take pictures with him. It was a night to remember, and unfortunately, Angelo Dundee is no longer with us. He passed away about two years ago. So that is my story, and I hope it inspires you to keep your ears and eyes open because you never know what opportunities right in front of your face. Never, ever close doors, and you close doors by closing off your eyes and your ears. All right, guys, that is all we have for you. I'm going to leave you guys with music so that way you can you can start off the, the rest of the night with a bang. I'm going to have some fun dance music here for you. So until next week, be inspired, stay safe, keep those creative juices flowing, and then when you come back next time, same time, same place, we'll see you then. All right, have a great night, everybody.